0: The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Accessing. State of search. Live from Europe. Welcome to the home of the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Welcome to the State of Search. Our hosts sculpt the entire search marketing space, from Berlin to Bucharest, London to Lisbon, the Silicon Valley, and beyond. Search marketers from around the world discuss the latest headlines and issues in search engine marketing, social media, and more webmasterradio.fm presents State of Search with your hosts Boss Vandenbeld and Roy Hoiskies
1: We are uh, live at uh, AFU Expo Um, Today we are talking to a lot of different people here and uh, right now I'm sitting next to Christoph Kemper who is uh, speaking uh, tomorrow uh, actually and um, I just tweeted out that uh, I was going to do the interview with uh, Christoph and maybe somebody picked it up but chris could you say that tweets are the new links
2: um they're not necessarily the new links but links that are uh kind of affected or uh, improved through tweets or likes tend to have a better effect actually medcards confirmed that in in march that they do incorporate tweets into links uh, but that led to some let's say Typically overgeneralizations. If you listen to Rand Fishkin or read on SEO Mars, uh, you hear like, "Okay, you have to do this," and everybody thinks, "Wow, that's a new magic bullet. I'm gonna go Twitter, all <laughs> yeah. right, or, or go Facebook." A matter of fact, is it works different depending on the industry, de- depending on the language, and we do a lot of analysis with our tools, you know. Uh, and see that it's not even the same rules within the same industry uh, for different languages. So online dating in France works different than in Germany, works different than in the U.S. Not so to speak. Could you give an explanation, uh, example of how, what what is different? Um, you know, some of those industries tend to be very. It seems obvious. Uh, heavily geared towards social, so people might you know tweet about their relations, about their online dating experiences, uh, might tweet it. About blogs that talk about online dating, but that's not the case with tax returns you know or you know even you know the typical financial topics mortgages, cash advances, payday loans um, that's a whole different game, which doesn't mean tweets don't have an effect there it's just you know different rules yeah. it's those million variables that Google has that are uh, biased differently for every topic so, so when you are working with the links and you're, you're a link expert is that, so yeah. that's why yeah, yeah. we
1: talk about this. Um, so, if you are working with the links, you should really take into
2: account which market you 're targeting and whether or not you should use uh, social as as one of the yeah yeah, exactly, you have to know your playing field, you have to know your competitors that is why we uh, when we take up a new link building client, we always do a competitive landscape analysis of his major keywords uh, to find out how does that segment work because no client is equal and usually they have very uh, special keywords. Of course there are some guys that go over, over the generic keywords that we you know, understand by now, but uh, the combination of keyword, language and, and country work out differently when it comes to Facebook likes, when it comes to tweets, when it comes also to brand keyword links uh, versus money keyword links. This is a whole different game for every industry. And even within one industry, let's say the financial industry, Um, There are different rules, depending on the keyword, or or let's say the sub-industry. I'm gonna play the lazy SEO now. That's too much work for me. Um, If you play the lazy SEO, uh, of course, you could do a little bit of Twitter, a little bit of Facebook, and, well, get what you deserve. A little bit of effect, right? And in a perfect world where you have uh, endless budget, of course, you have to do Twitter like crazy, you have to have an army of 3,000 Twitter accounts and use all those to power your millions of links that you get every week anyways, right? But that's not the case, so the, the question actually is, where should I focus on? What do I start with? And um, in a limited world, uh, you better you know, bet on those horses that tend to win, right? And not on all horses, which is kind of a null sum game then. Right? So like in many cases, you actually need to do your homework before you start. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's about planning out a strategy um, and execute the plan for many months to go. I always tend to say the first two or three months in a link building or SEO campaign are learning. It's a learning time. You have to. Implement a campaign that has to last for six or twelve months, and that doesn't mean the budget has to be gone by end of the year. You want to have results by end of the year, and you know pursue that. And if you just go zigzag, depending on what the next big thing is being hyped on some you know bullshit blog, uh, it won't make you any money. Or you know it's it's a zigzag strategy.
1: You're working a lot with clients on links and yeah. stuff like this, so you implement this stuff. Um, do you notice that people find it? difficult or is it something they
2: just do and that's okay? Uh, to find what difficult?
1: Uh, the fact that they really have to think about their link building strategy and, and actually set it up and um, uh, think about which market they yeah. target and stuff like that.
2: Well, to be honest, we're a link building agency and back in the days we used to just build links. Whatever the client required. So, we, well, if the client wanted to have 100 links a month with exact one keyword to one page, we did that. Today, I know that's kind of a, a bad idea to do because, in the end, it falls back to me. So, what we do today is more of a link billing campaign planning and I would say a piece of consulting for every client because someone has to think about it. Right? And if the client fails with what he thought is a good idea, well, it will come back to me. And we had some experiences where people blamed it on us on the end. And, oh, that's a different So, so do you still take on clients who say, well, give me 300 links on that page for... Sure sure if, if you know if there's a client who knows exactly what he's doing and we've got some really major corporations we work for that have in-house SEO teams, huge teams that know exactly what they're doing that know uh, how to implement a link building plan, but just need our support they're working with our link research tools and tell us what they think they should implement and I just actually need, just need to confirm or act that very easily and well then take care of the links yeah. right. Um, you
1: are talking tomorrow. Uh, what time are you
2: talking? Uh, it's actually at five. At five p.m. Yeah, five p.m. So so yeah. so late in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, you're going to talk about brands and links too. Right, right. The other misconception is that has been around for a year or so that you know brand links are all the rage. You have to have brand links to get better rankings because you know there was a brand update and well, that's not true because there are a lot of uh, verticals where uh, more brand links won't help you if you are an established business that has been around for a while that has been doing uh, no you know aggressive seo you have 90% 95% brand links anyways adding more brand links there won't help that's the case where you actually have to get more aggressive and we also have the means to find out how does this space work? And uh, again, it's completely different. Mobile phone plans work differently than, you know, cheap DSL plans, for instance. Although they're both in the telecom space, but depending on what the others did, how they optimized in the past, and what the current competition, the first top ten, uh, look like, um, means different actions are necessary. Very often on a keyword level, and we analyze that as well, and. If I can say one thing about brandings, there's no rule given for any space at all. And sometimes you need more, sometimes you need less. It's also depending on your, you know, your own site. Um, you guys, you have a tool
1: uh, which you, of course, brand, and then uh, people can pay for that. So that's how you make money. But yeah. if I'm listening to you correctly, then. Um, you use it a lot to actually get information about what's going on. Is that correct? You look yes, at of them? course.
2: <laughs> actually, you know, the story of the Link Research Tools is that I, uh, you know, back in 2007, started to develop my own whole uh, SEO backend for myself because there was, was nothing around to aggregate all those different sources. You know, SEOmos, Majestic, Google, Yahoo, and uh, 17 other... You know, sources for link data that we have now in total 21 need to be aggregated and filtered. And I was always, you know, really angry about outdated data. There's no point in looking at data that is three month old if I want to base my decisions. And different sources have different retention times. So you look at a mixture of data that is maybe three month old, six month old, nine month old, and very accurate. And normalizing that was a requirement very soon in the process in the link building process. And well, in 2009, I decided to repackage that and give it a nice interface because, you know, it really looked like you know, web, web 10 or 0.5, right? So we had to make that usable, but we use it in our everyday work on a, on a daily basis, the whole team. And a lot of the research, a lot of the insights, especially when it comes to new stuff like Twitter and Facebook, um, it's based on uh, results that I got from link research tools because there's simply, again, nothing around that aggregates all that together, and you don't want to do an Excel shop, you know, spend weeks aggregating that data by hand. It doesn't make sense. Um, looking at the data, looking at uh, developments, uh, some
1: people are saying that uh, Google's changing the way their their work their work. Like mm-hmm. links have always been yeah. uh, kind of the basis of of SEO. Um, What's your view on that? Is this going to change? Are links going to be not less
2: important or non-important? Um, actually, Google changed the way the game works all the time. I remember, well, you know, the Florida update in 2003 or something where a lot of people really got, you know, removed from the results for doing obvious mistakes, you know, having footprints, everything on the same IP, having everything under the same account. and you could camouflage and, and, and cover your trails back then already. The lazy guys got, you know, booted. And coming back to your question, what do you want to do as a lazy webmaster? A lot of stuff still works. You can really still do in some industries, do blatant spamming, do really bad SEO and, and be successful. But it's being wiped out every month, every year or so, you know, the recent Panda update. Um, you know, a lot of people think Google cracked the code of linguistics in 100 languages at once and suddenly start to understand that, um, that the literacy of written text in so many languages, come on.
3: Uh,
2: that's not the case. So they just, you know, s- uh, turn some screws on, on data that became more important uh, today, which is user behavior, which is also related to links because, you know, click-through rates, bounce rates, of course if you have organic links that look natural and bring real people well that's a different behavior than having some you know SEO links yeah. so that's where a lot of different factors come into play and uh, let's say get remixed to a new cocktail but it's not that it completely changed so links will be the basis for SEO for, for a while it's just you know the, the weight it has um, it's being biased and affected by even more different variables. We're at AFU Expo affiliates. Uh, Affiliates uh, used to always be known as we want links. Yeah. yeah. Is that changing? Actually a lot of affiliates today um, engage in, in PPC as they've always done and as SEO becomes more complex I tend to see that uh, affiliates try to take a shortcut, buying traffic, buying traffic via display ads, via PPC, buying lists, uh, email lists, simply because SEO uh, needs a lot of breath and a lot of experience. And it's frustrating to build up an affiliate site just to get it wiped out a couple of months later. And um, one thing is true. the Get rich quick scheme by just you know registering a domain, slashing up a data feed script, uh, script, buying some links, and having like five million pages indexed before Christmas. I think that stopped in at Christmas 2004, where I did that the last time, which was really fun and made a lot of money. But that's not the case anymore. So a lot of people that you know did not adapt tend to you know jump over to, to paid traffic and if it still pays the bill, if you're a smart marketer and can you know um, kind of get your margin out of there by having a special proposition for your site, it makes sense also, right? So I think SEO becomes more and more of a speciality that, well, I, I would say like the top affiliates still implement, but a lot of people, you know, just don't... Have the time and the resources to stick to it, because sometimes you need, I don't know, a couple months yeah. get decent rankings. It takes time. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Um, you're
2: speaking at five tomorrow. Then the conference ends. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when you go home, what do you want to have taken home from this conference? Why are you here?
2: Actually, I wanted to get a grasp of the current state of the affiliate industry and also a kind of an international uh, feedback. The affiliate for you, the you in Munich, is. English language conference, it's an international conference, and we did a, uh, a link building training actually with SEO.com, my own conference that I run on Monday. And we had clients there, well, guests to the training, uh, 30 of them, so it was fully booked. Uh, they came from Brazil, they came from Pennsylvania, they came from New York, they came from London, from Poland, Norway, Sweden, uh, Italy, so it's kind of a hotspot from what I would call at least a European hotspot. And since I really cut back in conferences because I'm becoming a father this year, I'm going to marry in July, Um, Yeah, I think that spirit and that kind of view is what I want to take home, right?
1: Thank you very much for joining us and uh, good luck tomorrow on your talk and uh, have great fun with your newly born. Okay,
2: Thank thank you very much.
0: State of Search. Returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. Oh, yeah, my day is done. Time for happy
4: hour. You're already done for the day?
0: Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date, and if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great, I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm
5: Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know they're SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep. Get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia. Strong ROI made simple.
1: Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate
0: Marketing Channel only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're listening to State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts...
1: So welcome back again, we are uh, at live at a AFU Expo Munich and we are talking to different people around the AFU Expo uh, hall which we're in right now, we're sitting in a booth, special booth built uh, especially for us and uh, we're sitting here with uh, also uh, Dixon Jones who also has a booth I think with uh, Majestic SEO. Um, for those, I don't know. Probably most people on status search uh, know you, but yep. there might be some people who don't know you. So could
3: you short introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. I've been in the search industry for 12 years. I, I used to, well, I still do have a consultancy receptional, but uh, I spend most of my time coming around the conferences and uh, talking about Majestic SEO, which is uh, the world's largest uh, link database. Yeah.
1: So what brings you to a conference like AFU-Expo? What is it? What What's in it for you?
3: Well, I've always been involved in the uh, affiliate community for you know ever since Matthew started you. So uh, it's a, it's it's good anywhere where I've got contacts. It's useful to come to a conference. Um, but uh, the the interesting thing for our tool uh, within the affiliate space is that because we track every single link. Well, I say every single link. Most of the links on the internet, uh, we have the syntax of all those links. So one of the things that you can do within Majestic is you can say, okay, I've just. Pulled out the top 1,000 affiliates for a popular, uh, a popular um, uh, sort of a, a gifts program, experiences program, and uh, so what you can do is go to a network. Find uh, the merchant ID, the syntax of the affiliate code that all the affiliates are using, uh, and then you can go and say, right, give me all the backlinks uh, to to that uh, affiliate network that contain this merchant ID. And Bosch, there you've got a thousand affiliates for any particular uh, merchant out there. So that's a really powerful use of of, of Majestic uh, that people use here. And then you know the the affiliates that are SEO uh, focused, of course, uh, Majestic SEO is. Uh, one of the, the core tools that SEOs use to find uh, find the best links on the internet and uh, how people are using uh, links to get themselves up the Google rankings. So um, a few years ago when you talked about affiliates and you
1: talked with affiliates, yeah. uh, all they were interested in is links. Yeah. Is that
3: changing or is it still like that? Oh, no I think it's changing because Google's made in, making it harder and harder and harder for affiliates um, so I think affiliates are tending to move along to social media platforms and stuff uh, and, and trying to find other other channels um, of course you know Majestica are going there as well so we're tracking you know Bitly links and, and Twitter links you know not in the same way that you know the Twitter firehose, which is an API you can get straight from Twitter you know if you've got a spare million dollars a year you can, you can do that um, you know we're not going to do that um, but what it's also useful for where people affiliates are still using links is to really find um, voices for a particular product you know so if you're trying to find out I don't know if you're finding out uh, let's say you're interested in fashion, uh, so you're all of a sudden interested in everybody that uh, that is talking about Kate Middleton's dress at the royal wedding. <laughs> then, uh, then you can um, then go and find uh, which were many, uh, which <laughs> were many, yeah, you know. Uh, and so, so once you found uh, found found one site, you can see who's linking to a, pati- to a particular site about Kate Middleton's dress, and that starts giving you uh, people that might be interested in fashion for your for your product, for yeah. example. You know. <laughs> um, if you are at a conference, you, you have a booth now. Um, yeah, I should say I, I only booked the booth on Friday, really. So, uh, so I, I'm here with a booth, but no one staff it. So I have to look after my own booth today. But <laughs> well, What I'm interested in is, is I always see people with booths and then I see some people come
1: by, but also see people kind of um, waiting for people to come by. Um, what do you get out of a booth?
3: Well, partly uh, the booth is is giving something back to to the uh, the conference because uh, you know I think um, Matthew and a 4 have been good to good to me over the years, uh, and when you can support the conference, it's important to do so. That's part of it. Uh, certainly, it says something about Majestic that they have the. Um, the strength now, the industrial strength, to be able to, to have proper booths and, and that sort of thing. So it, it shows uh, shows some of the big big players that uh, that were there, and then also um, there's usually around a, a booth. If as long as you don't book it in the last two minutes, uh, you, you have book meetings arranged around that event anyway. So um, uh, you know when I'm usually at a booth, then uh, there's there's of course the free trials and that sort of thing that, that, that go on but also there's some big meetings that are already planned which are probably based around getting you know a new, a new reseller partner or a big client on board um, and you know so, so already this morning yeah, I've got you know half dozen people that want a free trial, but I've also been invited to Poland next week. You know, I've uh, um, you know I've had conversations with uh, two or three of my big clients who have come along um, and uh, been able to see them face to face. So so already there's there's stuff there. But you're right; it does feel like there's a certain amount of waiting around. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can you can do a lot on a booth to try and uh, to make that activity work for you. What strikes me is that if I look at other search conferences, with more search-related
1: conferences, then uh, Compared to a few, uh, there are so many more booths here.
3: Well, I think that's probably the way that uh, Stuart and the AFU the gang have, uh, have, have worked on the, on the booth side of things, really. I mean, I think if you're, if you're lucky enough to like me to be able to speak and, and be at these conferences with with speaking hat on, you don't need a booth. And, and Majestic built its reputation on the speaking circuit, not on the booth circuit. Um, but, uh, you know, that gets to a point where an organization gets uh, uh, quite significant, and you, you kind of then need to, uh, you need to, to back up words with, uh, you know, substance.
1: I'm asking people who, are, who sit down on this couch if they kind of can take out their crystal ball and look into the future five ten years from now because there are a lot of things are changing right now uh, especially in w- with Google and Bing and, and what they're all trying to do what's your prediction for the next four or five years what is the big change you're seeing
3: okay well I'll try and be a, a little controversial because of course you know everyone will say yes it's changing yes it's changing yes it's changing if we go back ten years what about you know have those principles of marketing changed i don't think they have frankly um, all that's happening now before before the internet came along we used to do business face-to-face I don't know how it is in in Holland or Germany but breakfast meetings you know you used to have breakfast meetings and you know groups of people got together and had uh, had you still do, I think. yeah uh, and uh, and isn't uh, net Facebook networking just breakfast meetings in a new guys so it's all gone back to relationships it's all gone back to the very original principles of how we used to do business you know before the internet we you know we we used to talk to each other uh, and now that's that's coming home to roost. so I don't think that much has changed the technology has changed the speed of information the way you can get it out has has changed but the principles you know we've got Stephen Stephen talking on now on the powers of persuasion he's talking about principles that have been around for a thousand years his first slide is a picture of Jesus you know Uh, so um, uh, the principles are the same uh, and It's only if we go down a little avenue of let's try and manipulate, you know, suddenly getting our message in a place that we didn't expect to get it or didn't have a right to get it, that we go off onto a short-term strategy. But really, at the end of the day, this is all just marketing. Yeah. yeah. So the change we're seeing, I, I,
1: I totally agree with you. By the way, it's one of, one of my slides. Also, in, in presentation contains the Jesus and his apostles. Oh, okay. so, so it's okay. it's about the same. That, this, those, that was so the first s- one with actually s- followers. So which so so so. one of you has
3: stolen the slide <laughs> off the other way <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> um, but um, the change we're seeing is the change that we're going back to the original way of marketing. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But. There are a lot of companies who are kind of uh, stuck to the, so to speak, old wave marketing, which only existed for about 100 years, maybe, yeah. um, or less even the industrial, since the Industrial Revolution. They have to make another switch. Do you think they can do that?
3: Uh, I think that the big organizations are getting led by the WPP's and uh, the Ogilvies, V's and so um, they won't make the switch until those large organizations help them do that and I have seen <coughs> in the UK at least almost all, overnight all of the television ads have moved from adverts with their website address on the bottom to Facebook address on, almost you know without fail all of the uh, television ads now I think that there's there's only two or three companies that are behind all these adverts really it's you know one of the big the big marketing companies I think that's lazy personally on part of <laughs> the big big design agencies um, you know maybe they follow this all through but frankly they were never very good at following through with the uh, with with the um, website stuff so I think they found well I can just set up a Facebook page and that's cool um, some much more clever than others but uh, but um but when where the real problem is, and you, you you touched on it, is that ultimately the the organisation has got to got to change back to so, a social uh, aspect from the ground up, from the inside out. And I don't think a marketing company can can help them do that. Uh, uh, what you need is a training company to re-engineer and re retrain the, the the individuals. Uh, on my consultancy website, for example, um, every individual has their own blog, and every individual has the ability to change change content on their their section of the site, and build up their own profile. Uh, and there's rules of engagement for them to do that with uh, with um, uh, within co- corporate guidelines. And I think that's the way forward. You know, training training an organizations employees. To talk responsibly about their brand, to understand the legalities of talking about their brand. Uh, And certainly, with European law changing now, um, or rather getting starting to get enforced now, you can't just go out there and say, hey, there's a really cheap deal out here without saying, oh, plus I work for this company. And that, in 140 characters, is going to be a tough thing to achieve. Yeah, true. so what what are you gonna do for the next couple of days? Do you, do you speak? Yeah, I've got. A, I'm actually. Uh, I'm on three panels now. So I'm talking at the end of today. Uh, I've taken over use place on the Extreme SEO panel. Um, so I, I did this Extreme SEO back in London two or three years back, uh, and it was a lot of fun with uh, Marcus and Yoast and uh, Dave Naylor. Uh, and um, so I, I think Yus for some reason, couldn't couldn't get here. So um, they they've put me in to that so that's great so if you want to come along and uh, see that at the end of the day that would be great and then tomorrow uh, I'm talking about Panda so uh, with uh, with Ralph from Trades Bits Uh, and um, so we've had quite a lot of experience of looking at you know what happened over in America and then in the UK and it's coming to you guys you know coming to coming to a language like near you soon and and you 're all screwed, you know, so uh, <laughs> speaking <laughs> about well
1: I was about to close up, but if you bring up the topic of the panda update um, isn 't it the update is isn 't it actually just
3: what Google has always been doing, except for that they 're a bit more strict now yeah you could you could argue it's it's it 's a lot closer to what Google was trying to achieve in the first place, yes. yeah, I think what has happened now for the better I think Panda is a great update for everybody if you 're not. In the business, you know, for, for 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 the general consumer, that Panda is a great update and, and really, you know, quite quite interesting. Uh, I think um, what will change as a result is our approach to search engine optimization and uh, f- I think finally well it may, may still take a year or two for, for, for everyone to catch on but finally I think um, SEOs will have to face up to the realities of basic marketing principles and think about the user rather than trying to second-guess Google because you know we'll still try and second-guess Google is the way we do things but ultimately and it, it, it's Google has, has got quite complicated now, well, very complicated now, but there's too many exceptions. If you try and start working on correlations, uh, then you need an awful lot of data to be able to start your, uh, your assessment. Okay.
1: okay. Um, thank you, Dixon. I um, well. ho- hope you have fun for the next two days, and
0: uh, we'll see you at the next conference, probably.
3: Oh, probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a
0: lot. State of Search returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy to use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular
5: reports. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for the Raven. Life Tips Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel only on webmasterradio.fm
0: You're listening to State of Search on webmasterradio.fm Here are your hosts So, welcome back to... uh
1: state of search on AFU Expo, is, um, and now we have somebody who's uh, specializing in conversion, which could be the most important thing in a website, right, Stephen Pavlovich?
4: Yeah, I'd say conversion holds everything together, so it can make the SEO more effective. Um, it can give you the the budget and the revenue to spend more on affiliate marketing as well, so it can really hold everything together and make every, each individual channel more effective.
1: Cool. Um, for those uh, who don't know you, I'm uh, I'm, I'm not going to let you look at yourself because that will just be distracting. Um, could you shortly introduce yourself to those who don't know you?
4: So, I'm Stephen Pavlovich. I do conversion rate optimization for a company called Conversion Factory, based in the UK. Um, work with um, clients in all kinds of verticals like um, gaming, finance, e-commerce, membership sites, so the whole range. And the focus is really on getting quick, aggressive increases in the conversion rate to allow the company then to spend more money on uh, offline advertising on other channels like email advertising or SEO, PPC, um,
1: affiliate marketing. I can imagine that if a somebody who doesn't really have the experience in how to build a new website or how to optimize stuff, um, that for them, conversion comes in last. Do you no- notice that?
4: Sure, I think there's, there's definitely a degree of that because um, it's hard to do conversion optimization. It's hard to do the testing part of conversion optimization unless you have the traffic that will allow you to get accurate results. That said, you can apply a lot of the principles in terms of learning about your customers, learning about what they want and what um, what is stopping them converting. So you can still apply that. the The missing piece is split testing. So it's it's still good business to apply conversion optimization from the start, and everybody should. Um,
1: it just gets easier when you've got more traffic to be able to split test as well. Can you also um, look at a website just by design and say, well, this is going to convert or this is not going to
4: convert? You can definitely tell to a certain degree.
1: So um,
4: there are some obvious indicators that you can look for in terms of how easy is it to find the main call to action? What does this company want us to do? um, How well are they selling their benefits? What are the objections and how do they address those? And then how easy is it to uh, to proceed through the sales process? The difficulty is that every website and everyone's customers are going to be different so it's not always easy to say exactly why um they're not selling themselves in a particularly good way or not um you you really need to be able to understand more about the company and their their customers and their competitors to be able to know how they should be optimizing it but you can there's a certain amount that you can tell
1: without that but that that element is going to make the difference we're in an affiliate conference now um is conversion the most important thing for affiliate?
4: Yeah, I mean abs- absolutely. Conversion is basically taking people from one step to another. So affiliate marketing is all about converting people from um, prospects into customers. So obviously there are other parts that will link in with that like getting the traffic there in the first place or doing ongoing sales but conversion optimization generally covers the entire process from the acquisition of traffic through to lifetime customer value. So I'll be looking at The kind of advertising that you're using to get people onto your website, the landing pages that you're using, um, right through to how you persuade people so that they're motivated to convert before they even reach the merchant's website, through to lifetime customer value as well.
1: Um, Suppose I don't have any money, how can I best do conversion optimization? Which tools can I use? Can I I do it for free? Can I do it myself?
4: Yeah, I mean the good thing is conversion optimization, it's not like... SEO, where if another company has a bigger link budget, then it's harder to compete with them. Conversion optimization, you're really on a level playing field. Um, It's very easy to find out why why visitors to your website aren't converting. You can ask them in person if you can speak to them at a a conference or at an event or even in the street. You can do on-site survey tools, and a lot of them are available for free, like... Um, KISS Insights or 4Q. They're both available. They have free plans available that will give you a, a good insight into why people aren't converting. And then even the testing tools themselves like um, Google Web Optimizer is available for free. So if you've got no money at all, it, um, you're still in a good position because it should make you hungry and it should make you able to get those wins just as easily as anyone else.
1: You uh, you make your living out of uh, uh, conversion uh, optimization. Um, is it a different kind of business uh, Than, for example, the SEO business.
4: Yeah, I think the the main difference between conversion and SEO, from a practitioner's point of view, is that it's there's sl- slightly less of an ongoing relationship between the practitioner and the and the client. In that, with SEO, it's an ongoing battle against between your client and their competition. So, even if you do a great job of the on-site SEO today and some link building today, you you need to maintain that month by month. With conversion optimization, this is it's slightly different, and that's great for the client. It's also not so great for the practitioner in that if we were to improve a company's conversion rate today, the likelihood is that six months from now or a year from now they would still be benefiting from that increase in the conversion rate, which is it's great to generate the ROI. The downside is that it's harder from the practitioner's point of view to continue to engage the clients. Because generally what we find is that, say we're working together for six months, the initial opportunities will get us some very, very big increases in the conversion rate because obviously we're going after the, the easiest and the biggest opportunities first. From that point forward then, that is when um, you need, need to invest in more complex or longer term goals which can still have just as big an impact on the conversion rate, um, but they're by their very nature slightly harder to get. But that also gives you an advantage because a company that sees conversion optimization through is going to have a massive advantage over their competition and that will create a barrier to entry for uh, for them. So, so how long do
1: you work on a client? Does it take weeks, months,
4: years maybe? Normally we'd see the first results within a few weeks, um, so certainly within the first couple of months. Um, most clients tend to work aggressively on conversion optimization for somewhere between 6 and 12 months. Normally, what we find at Conversion Factory is that the client often needs to spend some time taking stock and improving uh, and increasing the company itself. You know, they we've had clients who need to get two or three more warehouses to expand in size or to take on more staff to be able to um, cope with the increased demand. Because conversion optimization can can have that effect on the business, which is great. But that it then means they can then get bigger and better. And by the time they take conversion optimization to the next level they're
1: going to expand even further have you seen many clients that didn't anticipate the change it was gonna make for them in in their company and then got into trouble
4: yeah totally I mean we've had um, clients who've like I say they've had to um, pause temporarily because they needed two more they had one warehouse they needed two more of the same size um, some clients have had to switch back to an original variation because they wouldn't be able to cope with the increased sales so they just would drip feed it in gradually to allow themselves to cope so yeah it can it can have an effect i mean some clients have seen the impact literally overnight from from day one to day two Um, that sounds as if you
1: can turn conversion
4: on and off yeah you 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 can do it to a degree i mean obviously most people would never want to do that they're more than happy with increased sales that's only an issue if there's a problem with the scaling so normally most with most clients of mine i make sure that there's there's no um, barrier to scaling um, so that we
1: can get started we can go full throttle straight away um you're speaking here on AFU expo uh, you spoke already actually what what did you speak about so today i was talking about
4: persuasion and how persuasion can affect conversion optimization because ultimately i see conversion optimization as two things one is persuasion and the other is usability so on the one hand we have making people want to take a certain action and the second is making sure that they're able to do it as easily as possible So when you put the two together, that's conversion optimization. So today I was looking at persuasion in terms of if you run an e-commerce website or a membership site, how can you use psychological principles to increase the likelihood that someone will
1: take a specific action? Um, There was a lot of applause when you ended, so I think people liked it. Did you get a lot of questions?
4: Yeah, we did have a lot of questions. Um, I'm not sure whether the applause was because I'd finished or because I enjoyed it, but... um, yeah, the good thing about conversion optimization is you always get a lot of questions. There are so many different facets to, to it that you know, you can talk about it from advertising to psychology to individual techniques in terms of design or layout. So there's, there's always lots of opportunity to talk about
1: it. Um, I'm asking everybody who sits on this couch, um, there's there's a panel going on right now, the future of SEO, Uh, but I'm asking everybody to to get out that crystal ball and and kind of make a prediction, uh, looking five years ahead, uh, 10 years ahead, whatever, and making a prediction. What are the biggest changes we're seeing right now which are going to be huge, according to you? So I think
4: there's, I guess, a little bit of a land grab in conversion optimization at the moment in that not everybody is doing it. Um, so it's kind of like FCO was, say, five, six years ago, where some people were, some people weren't, and the ones who were doing it then have got the advantage now. But we'll see the same thing with conversion rate optimization. If you get that increase in your conversion rate now, you can increase your customer base, which will then mean that you can increase sales longer term as well. So I think that's one of the key things that we'll see. Second to that is we'll see more sophistication in terms of conversion optimization, um, both at the higher end and at the, at the lower end as well, so we'll see it becoming easier and simpler for people to split test, which is the case with a lot of tools now coming out, making it very easy for people to do landing page split tests, and at the higher end we'll see more sophisticated software, so um, tools that allow you to personalize the the content of your page according to the type of visitor who's landing
1: on it. Um, what would you tell people who come to a few Expo, what should you think about if you go to a conference like this? In terms of conversion or? Um, Well, yeah, like conversion, how to get something out of the conference.
4: The main thing that I found useful is um, taking learnings from all kinds of different industries. So it doesn't matter whether the person is talking about um, offline advertising or Facebook marketing or PPC. So many of the principles are going to be common across all of them. And often some of the best insights come from taking something that's true in one industry and applying it to another. Like today in in my presentation, we're talking about how we can learn from cults, or offline advertising, or you know, gym membership, or all kinds of sources can give us inspiration that we can then apply online. And often these are some of the most effective techniques. And I think it's the same coming to a conference like this, where there are so many different um, industries meeting together at one event.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Stephen Pavlovich. um Where can we find you online?
4: I am at conversionfactory.com and conversionfac on Twitter.
1: We'll find you. Thank you very much.